Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, good first hour. Dave Campbell setting up the S's and the Argos tomorrow. Halfway point of the season for Edmonton. They are 5-3. and three. Countdown to kickoff at 4 here on 630 Chad. The game will start at 5.30. Final minute of the opening quarter in Winnipeg. Blue Bombers leading the Lions 10-0. Matt Nichols going deep. He has a completion. And uh, Winnipeg in the score zone again inside the BC 20. The Blue Bombers in control of this game. Michelle and Catherine Plouffe were in studio. They got their Plouffe Hoops camp this weekend at Harry Ainley. And they told the story of how they're going for the Olympics in 3x3 and I think they have a pretty good shot to do that all right uh, we started this series last Thursday it's a four-parter it is called how we watch how do we consume sports how do the people selling the game get us to consume it uh, Rick Lawler was our guest that last week current president and CEO of the BC Lions formerly had that role with the Edmonton Eskimos well today we go into the tube with longtime television executive and uh, currently or, or formerly the president of Sportsnet when they got that big TV deal with the NHL Scott Moore joins us Scott welcome back to Inside Sports how are you doing good good to be back with you yeah, it is, uh, it is great to have you on the show, and we're going to have, a, I think, a fun and very interesting chat today. But before we dive into the, the How We Watch feature that we want to focus on tonight, let people know what you're up to now. You're doing some pretty interesting stuff by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, we just announced last Friday that uh, we're bringing LeBron James's media brand called Uninterrupted to Canada. LeBron started the brand uh, about four years ago as an athlete empowerment brand to give athletes a direct voice to their fans. And uh, we've been, uh, LeBron's guy, Maverick Carter, and I had been talking about this for uh, a year or two, and we decided the time was right to bring it to Canada and give Canadian athletes and Canadian stars a vehicle to be able to talk directly to their fans in an uninterrupted way. That's uh, why they came up with the name. I'm I'm really excited. We brought in uh, Drake as a partner, so... Having LeBron and Drake as partners give you uh, a little bit of notoriety. So when we announced it last Friday, it created a little bit of a buzz. And uh, it's been fun figuring out how we're going to do it for the next couple of months. And we'll launch in in a big way in November. Some big names involved, and, and I think it's a good sort of segue question to, to get into the meat of our topic, but you used a phrase there, talk directly to the fans, and that's something with social media and phones and all those kind of fun technologies that I think has really changed it for athletes and fans over the last decade or so, is that if an athlete chooses, and, and he or she may not always choose, but they can put out that video or that tweet and, and talk directly to the fans without going through a PR person or the media, that's, that's been a, a pretty big change in my mind. Yeah, I call the democratization of, uh, of the media world. Uh, anyone 
can be their own media conglomerate now. All they need is a phone and a Facebook page or a Twitter handle, and they're able to talk to an audience. It's just a matter of how big that audience is and how engaged that audience is. And for the audience, for the fans, they now have the ultimate control over how they want to experience a sporting event. They can do what uh, what I've done since I was about five years old, sit in front of the TV and watch a full sports event. Although, to be, to be honest, I'm doing that less and less. Or they can experience it uh, in an interactive way on their phone. Uh, there's some really fascinating new technologies that are coming down the pike which will allow people to lean into the experience even more. Or they, they might uh, not even watch the game or go to the game. They may just follow it on on their social feeds. But I think the, the good news, at least for uh, the sports business is that it's still the most engaging live content out there so it's up to the teams the leagues and the media companies to figure out the best way to engage different uh, different sections of fans because i consume sports as a 57 year old man differently than my uh, 19 year old nephew who will uh, who will consume it in a polar opposite way Okay, man, a, a lot in that answer. You, you mentioned your age and a, a sports <laughs> fan your entire life and working in television in, in your adult life and, and a high-level executive, a large chunk of your adult life as well. But you mentioned watching a full sports event. And even you said, I, I do that a lot less than I used to. Are we at a like, – like, is it still realistic – for anybody regardless of their age and and you know you're somebody who was and is involved in trying to get people to consume that event and commit that time is it realistic to ask people to say i need you to spend two and a half to three hours in front of the the tv and and watch this entire game is is that still realistic for the people selling the sports yeah, I think it is, uh, but I think you have to realize that not everybody's going to consume the whole game and that you you clearly have to provide the whole game on uh, on whatever medium, whether it's television, radio, or, or uh, social, um, but that people may be in and out of it. They may be doing other things while they're uh, while they're watching. The use of second and even third screens is now really prevalent if not uh, totally prevalent uh, that you have to find ways to engage them so you know it's it's way more challenging than it ever has been and i think the big events super bowls stanley cup finals you know nba championships the masters those things people are still willing to invest and sit and watch from start to finish more often but it's the game 27 of an 82 game regular hockey season it's uh, game 83 of a baseball season where you got to find ways we used to say when i was at sportsnet and cbc of increasing the number of minutes tuned getting the getting people to the set or getting people to their radio or getting people to their their iphones or their uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline their Samsung phones is the first part, then getting them to stay there and engage with the content, that's the challenge. 
Well, I, I hear you with that for sure. As as someone who's part of uh, 82 Oilers broadcast the year on 6:30, Chad, that, that's that's a great way to put it. Scott Moore joining us on Inside Sports as we talk about how we watch. You mentioned your time with CBC and with Rogers, and look, I, I'm 45, so kind of a generation younger than you. But even when I was a kid, you had one game on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday night. You probably had one Oilers game a week. It was ITV back in the in the day when I watched it. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can watch every Oilers game. There's a doubleheader on CBC. Obviously, the Rogers package that you were part of that launch, they expanded, you know, Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, all that kind of stuff. Like, is, is there... Is there too much sports on TV? Like, can, can we reach that point where, you know, you know what I'm getting? I, I know you want people to watch. Hey, and we're both in the industry, but are we at that point where there's too much on TV? The short answer is no. And the reason that that's the correct answer is that it's really up to the viewer and they have the ultimate choice. You know, there's an expectation if you're an Oilers fan that unlike in the 70s and 80s, even early 90s, where some games just weren't available or were available only on pay-per-view, there's an expectation as an Oilers fan, you're able to watch every single one. And uh, you, you are in big trouble as a media company if you suddenly say to, uh, to viewers, guess what, you can't get those uh, anymore, or you have to pay significantly more to get them. And there's an interesting transition happening in the business with a lot more direct-to-consumer or over-the-top services like uh, you know, the Netflix of sports, uh, the Zone, um, Amazon, there's Flow Sports out of the States, where people are now going to have to subscribe to those services to get even more. Um, and you, whether people are aware of it or not in your market, it, it just happened recently with the Premier League on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings have moved off of Sportsnet and TSN onto DAZN, which is a paid platform. And I think it's not so much that there's too much sports on, uh, on television or on media. There may be too many providers charging individual prices because – you'll find that sports fans, just like general entertainment fans, are not going to pay for their cable package to get Sportsnet, to get TSN, and then pay for DAZN, then pay for another service. Uh, they'll be what I call a, uh, a reamalgamation of, of services where they'll have to, there will have to be a sports bundle that the average sports fan is happy to pay a certain amount because I'm a I'm a an okay English Premier Soccer fan. I'm not rabid. I, I love Chelsea, uh, but I'm not going to pay twenty dollars extra a month to watch Premier League. If it was on Sportsnet and TSN, I'd watch it on the Saturday morning. So I think that it's not too much sports. It's too many providers all trying to cash in on the sports viewer. That, that, I love how you put that, and, and I know that's. Sometimes that's what I'll hear from listeners or, or just friends or family. It, it was, it's been on this league's been on this channel since whatever year. And now it's not. And I, I'm, yep. it bugs me that I can't, even if they just got to flip two channels up the dial with their remote, right. It, it bugs them. It's not there anymore. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a funny story. So Bianca Andreescu was playing the final of the Rogers cup uh, this past weekend. And my father, who's 86 years old and, and a gigantic sports fan, particularly tennis. And Sportsnet did the right thing. They put uh, the Rogers Cup on Sportsnet and moved 
the baseball game to Sportsnet One, but they did that at the last minute, and the 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 uh, guide on television didn't change. My father called me at one thirty-five, five minutes into the match, and said, "I can't find the tennis match. Where is it?" And I had to help him through. So, yeah, they're. Uh, too many channels and it can be confusing at times but the the bottom line is the viewer has the ultimate choice and they may choose to pay or not to pay or to uh, or to watch or not to watch okay so the last time you were on the show was uh, about the big nhl deal with rogers and we had a great ta- chat and we, we talked about don cherry and and the shows <laughs> you guys were going to do and uh, you know strombo was coming in for mclean at that time and that the, i mean that was such a big deal and you know i think there's probably been some ups and downs for rogers through that <laughs> would you look back on that time was there anything you think okay that was either such a home run that we did that or things where you thought oh man if, if only i could do that again then you know maybe 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 i you know that pr- probably the second part of that question is the more interesting answer if you if yeah, you yeah. change anything yeah i think uh, where we started with that was again to to look at viewer choice and give viewers the ultimate choice of yeah you know, when i'd been at cbc uh, there was one choice of games that came into every market. So on the early game in Edmonton, you would get the Leafs, regardless of whether the, the Habs or the or the Senators were playing in the early game. Uh, what we did was to allow the viewer to figure out, do I want to watch the Leafs? If so, they, they might be on CBC, the Habs might be on Sportsnet, and the, uh, um, the Senators might be on City. So I think that was that was definitely a positive. We got lots of great feedback on that, that viewers across the country got to pick which game they got to, uh, uh, they got to watch. Uh, another one that I'm really, really proud of was the hometown hockey broadcast that we started on Sunday nights with uh, Ron McLean and, and Tara Sloan. That's become a, a broadcast staple. I think the one that people like to talk about and like to ask me about is about putting Strombo in on Saturday nights. Uh, if I were doing it again, I would still do that. I, I think you need to try and change things up from time to time. But as I said at the time when we made the change back to put Ron on to Saturday nights again, the uh, no no disrespect to George, he he tried very hard. But the audience just wasn't ready for it, and they you you want to make sure that change happens in the right way. And while we tried to make a, an interesting change there, clearly Ron McLean, who is the best broadcaster, sports broadcaster I've ever worked with, and I've worked with pretty much all of them in Canada and most of them in the United States. Yeah, he is an unbelievable, comfortable guy to watch on Saturday nights, and you know, he. He was class all the way through it, but I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story that most viewers may or most listeners may not uh, may not know. When I asked him to come back on to Saturday nights, he said he'd only do it if he could keep the Sunday night hometown hockey because he's become so attached to that, and that's that's become a real passion for him. That's incredible. Okay, Scott, let, let's sort of tie this all together. Dare, dare I ask you? And you mentioned what you're doing now, and, and maybe that's going to be your answer, but. What's the next trend in television sports? I, I, and you've, you talked about multiple stream, screens, and that's, you know, e- even, you know, my mom will check her phone during a game or try to find a highlight or another score. I mean, that that's what people are doing. W- where are we going? If you and I are doing this in, in five or ten years, what do you think we might be talking about? 
No, it's a great question, and uh, one of the fun things that I'm involved with on top of Uninterrupted, I'm running an investment company that invests in sports tech companies, and I'm seeing things that you'll see three to five years down the road, and I think the biggest thing you're going to see is even more personalization and choice. So on a on an Oilers broadcast in uh, in two years, you might get the regular television commentators on one channel, you might get two fans commentating on another channel. You might get the uh, opposing broadcast on another channel. You may get uh, Punjabi on another channel, uh, Mandarin on another channel. I think you will find new and interesting ways to include the audience, even to have group fan chats during the, the game. Because what I think the broadcasters and the teams are going to want to try and do is use that ultimate choice to be able to engage people to increase those average minutes tuned to be able to say, hey, if the game the game's four to one for the Oilers, if they're six to one for the Oilers, maybe I've I've lost interest in in watching. But if I've got a group of friends on a video chat along the bottom of the broadcast, I'm going to engage the same way I would if I was sitting in a sports bar. So I think you're going to see technology like that because the bandwidth for delivery of these broadcasts has become literally unlimited, where you can put any number of different broadcasts on either your cable system or on the direct-to-consumer channels. That's amazing. Well, Scott, I I don't know if we could have got somebody who has a better perspective on this and, and just how we watch sports through whatever screen it is we're, we're choosing to use at the time. Glad to see you're excited about what you're working on now, and you're welcome on Inside Sports anytime. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Always, always fun to be talking to Edmund. Right on. Part two of How We Watch. That was Scott Moore, longtime television executive, former Sportsnet president. What a great chat. Multiple screens uh, and maybe multiple feeds with different commentary feeds of the same game as TV sports continues to evolve. That was some great stuff there from Scott. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We'll keep you updated on the Lions and the Bombers. And we have run- Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Living Room President and Founder John Stanton coming up. All right, 10-3, Winnipeg leading BC. Five and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Eskimos, Argos tomorrow here on 6.30. Chet, 4 o'clock for the countdown to kick off the game. We'll start at 5.30. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell will have the call. You'll have some analysis from Blake Dermott along the way as well. BC kicks a field goal now 10-6 for Winnipeg. The Eskimos trying to win back-to-back games for the first time since the first two weeks of the season. 
where they uh, won home games against Montreal and the BC Lions. Great to have Scott Moore on the show, part of our How We Watch series. Uh, Dave Campbell is going to be hosting Inside Sports next week. I'm, uh, I'm going to have a week off. He will have uh, some people involved in game day presentation and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, when I'm back on August, uh, what's the that going to be the 29th, we'll have a fan panel. Uh, how we watch, how do uh, some Edmontonians watch and consume their favorite teams? What do they want when they go to the ballpark or the stadium or the arena or whatever it might be? Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window is our studio producer this evening. He is the the shimmering commissioner of mayhem for the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. How are things, Kellen? Doing good. Good. Did you enjoy the Scott Moore interview? Yeah, it was very uh, eye-opening and uh, enlightening and all the <laughs> the educational uh, metaphors there and that stuff. I missed, I missed you yesterday, buddy. Huh. It's good to have you back. Oh, thank you very much. All right. 630-630 is the text line. We have... John Stanton coming up, the president and founder of The Running Room. He will tee up the Edmonton Marathon. If you have any running-related questions, you need some advice, text them in to 630-630. We're back after the news. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chat. No show tomorrow because of the football game. No show next Friday because the Eskimos are back home to take on the Bombers. So Monday through Thursday, Dave Campbell will be with you. Uh, I'm going to take a week off here. I'll be doing some volunteer shifts at the Fringe, and I will be recovering from the Edmonton uh, Half Marathon, which I am running Sunday morning as part of the marathon festivities. And no one better to talk about that than the president and founder of the running room, John Stanton. John, great to see you again. Great to see you again, Reid. Thanks a lot for coming in. This has become uh, an annual appearance on Inside Sports, so it's always fun. Well, it is, and I, I'm excited this year because, you know, you and I were talking about your Canada Day performance uh, here in Edmonton, and I truly think you got a chance at a personal best. And, you know, for a runner, uh, there's nothing like a personal best time to in any event. And for you in the half marathon, I really think you've, you've got a chance to chase in that uh, personal best time. And uh, so uh, it's good that you're off tomorrow because you can taper down, you can relax. Yep. And uh, uh, the most important thing coming into a race sometimes is to get adequate sleep and rest. Yes. And tomorrow night is the key night. Tomorrow night for the anybody racing on Sunday, that's the night to get a good night's sleep. Saturday night, many of us, uh, you know, there's anxiety yeah. and the trepidation of the race. And you're getting and up earlier than usual. You're getting me. up earlier yeah. and you're nervous and sometimes we don't sleep that well. But Friday night, try, try to get to bed early, get to get off your feet and, and just get as much sleep as you possibly can. And uh, that's a good way to get yourself ready. And uh, for some of the people, if they're running their first one, yeah. uh, you know, I encourage them to come down to, you know, the Shaw Center on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. We've got the Friendship Run. It's free. We'll introduce all the pacers will be there, the pace nice. bunnies for the various groups. 
and we'll take them out for a little short run. I'll give them some last-minute tips, and if they've got any last-minute nervous questions, we'll be able to answer those for them. We're going to have some of the elite athletes there as well. Uh, uh, Rachel Hanna, Hanna who's uh, uh, a decorated uh, uh, half-marathoner and full-marathoner, uh, will be there, uh, along with Krista Duchesne, who uh, not only was in the Rio uh, Olympics, she's run the third-fastest time overall as a Canadian oh, in the wow. marathon. She ran 228 in the full marathon in Toronto. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and so then they're all going on uh, on Sunday. I, I should get to this because I, I know this is something that uh, affects everybody, and I do feel it's important to remind people that there is a that there is a marathon. This is on city streets. Yep. So remember the road closures. I mean, you can get this off the city of Edmonton's website, but uh, ja- basically Jasper Ave ar- around 97th and 99th going to be closed Saturday, and then Sunday Jasper Ave closed from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. all the way from 95th to 109th. So remember that. Plus, there's an additional 102nd Ave closure because of construction down there. Uh, 102nd Ave closed from 112th to 138th. Bonavista Road closed. Um, that's just some of it. So check the city of Edmonton. But remember, especially Jasper Ave will be busy, as it often is on Sunday, yeah. but with runners, not with cars. That's right. And, and you know, for people that live in Bonavista and Summit areas, uh, you know, what we've noticed in the last couple of years is those are the people that are coming out. Each year, the crowds get bigger and bigger yeah, because people uh, recognize uh, how much fun it is to come and watch the marathoners. I mean, not only will you see some elite and Olympic performances out there, you're going to see your neighbors. Uh, people are going to see you and say, you know, hey, I didn't know Reed was a runner. And they'll see you out there and they'll be inspired by it. And what we find that happens often is people come out and uh, impromptu cheering stations uh, get set up in the neighborhoods and you've experienced that as you've run through and you know it's not a real cheering section it's just one that's been set up by the neighbors and what have you and it's a ball it's like a neighborhood block party for yeah. for the neighborhoods too so they enjoy it as well and you know the traffic is disrupted uh, you know but it is Sunday morning and the amount of traffic downtown Sunday morning isn't true going to be affected too much yeah you're, you're right and I, and I know from from being a runner it, it it is cool if if you run by and people just clap and say keep her going or want to give you yeah. a high five and it takes your mind a little bit off if you got a little bit of a pain or you're starting to worry about your pace a little bit just somebody saying something positive kind of kind of does e- even if you don't start going faster you feel like you're going faster and, yeah, and for that's... that person that's maybe sitting at home feeling a little down in the dumps and you know maybe has some challenges going on in their life of, of some sort come to the finish line I, i'll guarantee oh. you when you come to the finish line and hang around the finish line you cannot help but feel elated when you see all the success stories that are crossing that finish line from the leaders coming in and qualifying for boston or knowing that they've maybe got an olympic spot to that guy or gal running their very first event to somebody who's overcome some personal challenge that they've had it it could be you know an addiction problem it could be uh, just relocation problem where they've relocated to a new city and and don't know anybody and what a great way to meet a bunch of positive like-minded people is to hang around the finish line of a marathon or half marathon yeah and and i love the that final 500 meters coming down jasper you can see the convention center ahead you can see the crowd you can start to hear it it starts to get louder and i i just start smiling because because you're there and then when you cross the finish line ev- everybody's happy the volunteers yeah. are happy the people watching are happy the runners finishing are happy like it's just 
pure joy for a yeah. few minutes, and that's what I love. Well, and it's magical. You know, that last 100 yards, I call it, it's an amazing part because you're, you know, you kick into another gear that yep. you, you wish you could have found about a mile you or so You feel like out. you could run another half marathon <laughs> yeah, just for a few seconds. Yeah, and all of a seconds. sudden, just <laughs> for that last 100 yards when the crowd are cheering you and you see the finish line and you hear your name being announced, uh, it's, you know, for many people, it's their Olympic moment. It's the closest we're going to get to the Olympics, and, and it's a chance to feel what the Olympians feel when they cross uh, the finish line. John Stanton, president and founder of The Running Room in studio. If you have any questions for running about him, please text or for him, please text him to 630-630. Darcy has written and he says, uh, when I run, I seem to aggravate my left Achilles tendon, but not my right. I've tried a treadmill, a track, and outdoors. Uh, I don't gain any momentum for training because of the tendonitis. Any suggestion to help would be appreciated. Yeah, a couple of heel lifts will will sometimes do it. You can get there's Spanko heel lifts that you mm-hmm. can get at any shoe stores or a place like the running room. You can drop in, and they're just a heel lift that goes in. Make sure you put it in both shoes. Okay. Often, if if somebody is suffering from one, it, it's usually your dominant leg where you're pushing off, and it may be you've run hills a little bit too much. Uh, Achilles in one one Achilles, not the other in Edmonton is quite common because what people do is they run the River Valley Trail system and they they start out at Kinsman and they cross the bridge and they do a loop and around there but what they don't realize is the camber of the trail all floats towards the uh, river and what ends up happening is it's like running on a side hill the whole time and that's sometimes why people get an aggravated Achilles so uh, again if you're doing that do a loop do one loop one way and then do the Uh, reverse loop the next time you're out on a run same as individuals who are running on a track if he's running on a track uh you know a lot of the tracks have you know mondays tuesdays and wednesdays or yep. one direction the other direction the other days and there's a reason for that so that you're you know stressing the body in different ways so that you avoid an overuse injury yeah that's a that's a really good point and, and in the yeah i mean i've been on a lot of those trails in the river valley and you know some or they're just worn down and or they're crowned a little bit right for drainage yeah. and and you realize your outside foot is coming down a little lower Oh, and, and the River Valley trails in Edmonton are, you know, they're, they're our greatest gift for a runner going because, you know, you've got lots of hills and hills are speed work in disguise. You know, right. when you're doing hills, what you don't realize you're doing is you're overloading your cardiovascular system when you're running up the hill. And on the downhills, you know, you, you get a chance to get a little recovery. And then on an uphill, you're stressing yourself. So not only do you stress your muscles, tendons, and they get stronger, but your cardiovascular system gets stronger. And also your leg turnover rate. When we run up a hill we shorten our stride and we have a faster leg turnover and that faster leg turnover again is what there's only two ways to run faster a longer stride length or faster leg turnover right and the be- best way to do it and the safest way to do it is a faster leg turnover okay john stanton joining us so uh, sunday morning we're doing the the full marathon's going off at seven yeah full marathon at seven well actually at six we have what we call an early start right, and that's okay. for for some of the people you know we've got a couple of people with with uh, uh some physical challenges that are going to be out there uh, on the course we've got some walkers that are out there and they're going to start early they're going to start at six o'clock at seven o'clock the marathon gets underway at eight the half marathon at 10 30 is is the uh, uh, army 10k which is uh, become very popular because uh, when the people cross the finish line there's a soldier in 
uniform presenting the medals to them. Nice. And and that's a pretty cool moment. And uh, the singing of O Canada will be a soldier in uniform as, as well. Oh, great. And then at uh, 11.30 is the 5K run, and uh, that, that goes off as well. Of course, Saturday we've got a kids run, which is at, at 1.30, and then we've got the friendship run, which is 10 o'clock on Saturday as well. Uh, the, the staggered starts, uh, I, I like. The, the, the only, and I, and I probably told you this, the only... I, well, I'll, I hesitate to use the word, but I will. Complaint I yeah. had one year was the 10 and a half started at the same time, and it was crushing in that starting game. Yeah, well, and so that's why we have good. a separate You've time for now, them. Yeah. And what we're seeing, and a, and a, th- a lot of it is uh, as the millennials are coming to running, uh, many of them are, are doing a, you know, a variety of sports. And, and what we found is that where the popularity of the marathon used to be very, very popular, we're seeing a big growth in the 10K and in the half marathon. Right. That's where the real interest is. Because yep. people with busy schedules, busy lives, uh, doing a multitude of things uh the half marathon or the 10k fits better with them it still challenges them still uh they have to get in in good fitness uh to to do a high quality time but the thing is is it's attainable where sometimes the marathon is, is just a little too arduous for for some people yeah. trying to balance all I've, the other I've things found that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right so which has more numbers this year do you know the half or the 10 uh the 10k is and the half marathon are about equal equal really right okay now. yeah because so, wasn't the half the, oh yeah the half is usually the the, the king of the mountain, but uh, it was, I thought yeah, we've, two or three years what ago. What we've I seen it was, is yeah. a, uh, another sort of growth in the 10K, and it's a lot of people who are new to running that uh, they're you know they're sort of working their way up. They we see the 5K grew quite a, quite a bit, and then last year when the army became involved, the Loyal Edmonton Regiment, uh, we saw a big growth in the 10K, and again this year we've seen another big growth. and And I think for a lot of people, it's become a family affair. You know, it used to be a competitive event, then it became a community event now it's become this whole family event where we're engaging everybody because the kids have something they can do mom and dad can come down mom can run the marathon dad's new to running he can run the 5k or 10k and there's something for everybody to do yeah all right it's 745 uh just got a couple questions texted in so i will get to those when uh, we get back about running and we'll continue to tee up the big marathon coming up sunday morning tuning in tonight it is 7:48 tomorrow in this time slot well probably into the fourth quarter Eskimos and Argos the coverage starts at 4 kickoff at 5:30 Morley Scott and Dave Campbell will have the broadcast here on 6:30 Chad running room president and founder John Stanton is in studio this texter says any advice for plantar fascia it has ruined this race season for me yeah it's it's a really nasty injury the fascia attaches at the just under your foot at the toe area and goes back to the heel and that fascia sometimes 
sometimes get stretched and usually it's caused by either hill workouts mm-hmm. or running too fast and, and you've pulled and torn that fascia. The problem is it takes a long time to heal and the, often what happens is you know you go to bed at night and you wake up in the morning and say ah oh, it's, it's better it's much better. As soon as you put weight on it's like somebody's got a knitting needle and poking you in the bottom of the foot again. So my advice for, for this uh, runner is to and he'll hate me for this is get a dishpan fill it full of ice water that's water and ice and and have it so that it's ankle deep and bath that 10 minutes in and 10 minutes out three times each night before he goes to bed and that will allow the inflammation to get out of there and then in the morning he should have a can of beer or a can of soda at the bedside table and roll the bottom of his foot to loosen up his foot and loosen up that fascia get blood flowing to that and then get a pair of shoes on right away don't walk around in sandals don't walk around in bare feet and if you're vigilant about that and you get on that routine for two to three weeks that plantar fasciitis will settle down. If you don't, it'll nag and it can nag on for six months. Interesting. Oh, I never heard of that roll yeah. in the can. Yeah, no, no, that, that helps because that gets the blood flowing, helps loosen up that fascia without causing another little micro tear in it. Okay. We, we were talking during the commercial about, about the half marathon and trying to set a pace, right? Because I, I think most runners, especially if if you're like me like i i'm experienced enough but i'm not doing races all the time you're worried like oh what if i'm excited and i go out too fast and then i'm just like crawling the last four kilometers so what do you recommend for trying to get a pace going yeah i mean what the best thing to do is even pace and and that that's difficult to do because on race day you got adrenaline and the synergy of the start line and the excitement and it's so easy to go out and if you're trying to run a six minute per kilometer pace to go out at a five minute per kilometer pace and then the barrel jump on your back later on the best way to run your optimally best times and if you look at all the world records set on the roads it's always on an even pace and now even pace is one thing but even effort is not it should seem really easy up front and you should think gee i should be running faster but you got to resist the temptation and hold yourself back in the middle it should seem like those long runs when you're out there and everything's smooth and fluid and you feel like you could run all day in the last third well that's why we give you a medal you got to dig deep and (laughs) and and uh, grind it out. And the other thing to think of it is in the half marathon, think of it as a 16-kilometer training run with a 5K road race at the end. Right. That's the best way to approach <laughs> that's, that's, it. That's a good way to put it. Well, and you'll get the, like we were talking about, that that last K, you'll get... Uh, oh, you'll run a personal best time. Yeah, the, that, last that, last, that, that last K is fine. All of a sudden, you're not thinking yeah, about the... No, no. Uh, the, uh, your tight aches. legs and your heavy breathing lungs are all gone in the last case. We got a. Te- I'm gonna. Sh- I'm gonna show you this, John. We got a text about that. I'm not sure how to say it. Just a second here. Okay, I don't know if you can zoom no, in. No, I can't. I can't zoom in on. Is it Halix? Something to do with Halix rigidus? No, I don't know. He's, he's got me on it. Uh, about the big toe joint? Oh, the big toe joint. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, okay, yeah. No, the inflammation of the big toe joint. Okay. And that that does happen. And, and sometimes it even it can be misdiagnosed as a bunion. And sometimes, you know, when we're doing our self-diagnosis or WebMD diagnosis right. uh, without seeing a per- medical professional, sometimes we, we misdiagnosed inflammation of the big toe and it could be uh, a, a bunion and what have you. But if it is inflammation, 
inflammation of the big toe, then you you need it, it if it's arthritis, which uh, yeah, it is, it, it the person probably, just wrote back it's arthritis yeah, in the big toe. Yeah, okay. arthritis in the big toe, and and uh, if it is arthritis, then then you need to you know get it get a prescription drug, and you need to talk to your physician and, and get an anti-inflammatory for that. There's there's some good anti-inflammatories. There's some good anti-inflammatories that are come in a in a rub form, so that you rub it on the toe area, so that you, you don't have to ingest it, because sometimes the anti-inflammatories are tough on the lining of the gut and uh, they can cause inflammation there too so my advice talk to your fa- physician uh, get gets uh, either an anti-inflammatory that's what we call penetrating and that 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 will help with the inflammation or an anti-inflammatory if they don't have any digestive problems then they can get an anti-inflammatory and, and a lot of times that can settle it down okay you mentioned that so for the runners on Sunday tomorrow night Friday night that's really the one where you can get get the sleep make sure you have a good rest and right. and, and take it easy what where are you with uh i, I mean the old thing we eat pasta the night before you do like what what do you well you know it it's a personal choice you know a friend of mine he and i used to run marathons every, every uh, uh summer all the time we'd we'd go on the road and and pick a destination marathon and and he used to drive me crazy because he used to have a steak and then <laughs> he'd chew on chocolate chip cookies all night and and uh for me i had to have you know something light i i found pasta for me personally is a little heavy okay what you want to have, think of is having complex carbohydrates you want to choose from a complex carbohydrate group uh, for me a stir fry with some vegetables and a little bit of chicken in it that was a nice choice it gave me a little bit of protein and this was the night before or yeah two the days? night before, the night before okay. yeah the night before and that that allowed me to have a complex carbohydrates uh, you want to have buns or bread or potatoes just be careful no sour cream or too much butter on on anything okay. because you don't want to have too much butter too much salt uh, sometimes people you know they there's a fallacy that you know you should take salt tablets or you should put extra salt in your food you know the north american diet we get loads of salt and we don't need any additional <laughs> right. salt in our diet and and the temperatures aren't going to be such that we have to be concerned about the dehydration be intelligent you know you want to drink water throughout the day and as you're drinking water once you start going to the washroom frequently and your urine is clear and odorless then that's an indication you can back off on the water it, the morning of the race you want to have 500 milliliters of water two two hours before the start of the race so if your race goes at, at uh, 8 o'clock, at 6 o'clock, you want to have drank uh, the two, that 500 milliliters. In the last uh, two hours before that, the last hour, what you're going to do is you're going to make sure you empty your bladder a couple of times. So you're going to start yep. overflowed, and, and you'll have emptied it. And then you start well hydrated. And then throughout the race, you should be sipping water at, at about 10-minute intervals is a, is a good th- to use. John, we're running out of time. Uh, just quickly, bre- uh, breakfast? Breakfast, I, I, best thing for me is oatmeal, okay. a little cinnamon raisin in it, a banana for potassium, it'll help against the cramping, and a glass of apple juice it'll, and oh, complex really? carbohydrate. Oh, apple juice. Not okay. orange juice, because orange juice is a little harder on the stomach. Okay. Uh, Ken says, uh, what watch or smart watch do you use, and what do you think is the best run f- best one for running well i use i, I i'm the garmin forerunner yeah and I, i'm the garmin garmin as well and and depending on what you're training for and the yeah, I mean, garmin has a variety of models but garmin is certainly the the cadillac of the the industry when it comes to giving you the best technology that's what the aircraft use that's what the uh, cruise missiles use right. and uh, <laughs> so they're accurate enough for them they should be accurate enough for the runners and they're very simple to use and and uh, very user-friendly so yeah i'd highly recommend i've enjoyed garmin. mine and i got mine at that yeah. The running room yeah. on 109th, so people yeah. can find them for sure. Okay, if we didn't get to your question on the text line, 
Well, next time. We'll we'll have John in again. Sure, they can email me, jstanton at runningroom.com. Perfect. Uh, 12-6, Winnipeg leading BC at the half. John, uh, all the best with the race this weekend. I I always say see a Sunday. I don't think we ever actually get to see each other on race day. Well, this year, we hopefully they do. You might be on the podium, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll yeah, be if, doing if, the awards if there's ceremony. A, so. If there's a Reed Wilkins <laughs> category, I might be able to win it. This is still a might. But thanks for coming in. Great, Reed. Good to be here. Okay, Edmonton Marathon. Sunday morning, and uh, you mentioned the fun run on Saturday too, and and check the City of Edmonton for uh, road closures and all that kind of stuff. Tomorrow at 4, the football broadcast starts the games at 5.30, Edmonton at Toronto. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.